You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This week I've interviewed somebody. I've just started interviewing people and I wanted to make sure that when I interview people, you get a whole range of people that don't necessarily believe the same kind of things as I do, because we can all learn from different experiences and different things. This week, I've interviewed Nikki Kinsella. She's the feminine energy guide, and she helps people kind of get more self-awareness. She helps women mainly and coaches, you know, female entrepreneurs get more self-awareness through spirituality so that they can start making decisions that feel more right to them. And the reason why I love this episode is because most of you know, I'm not spiritual. You know, I'm very much down the strategy side and I've had some bad experiences with spirituality. And so I always kind of shy away from it. But Nikki's one of those people who is very, very spiritual. She's almost like in the opposite corner to me on spirituality, But what she says makes sense. She does it in a way that talks about it in a more scientific way, I suppose. But also, I really wanted to show that it doesn't matter whether you believe or you have the same faith systems or you believe the same things as other people. What matters is what you get out, what you can learn from them. It doesn't matter that you know I get so much out of knowing Nikki and so much learning out of what she teaches. And she does the same with me. And yet we believe very different things. And I think that in all things in life, it's okay to believe different things than other people and just to take the parts that you need. And that's the same with this episode. You know, there will be some things that resonate with you with the people that I interview, and there will be some things that really don't. But there's always something to learn from a person, no matter what their beliefs are. And I hope that people who are very spiritual think that about me. I'm not spiritual, but they still can learn something from me as I can from people that are and as you can from whether you are or are not spiritual or any other belief for that matter. So let's go straight in into talking to Nikki about where this all started for her. Welcome to the podcast, Nikki. Thank you. It's so nice to be here with somebody else, (laughs) chatting to myself all day. (laughs) To be here, thank you for having me. No worries. I want to start by going back to the beginning. And I know that this can be hard to talk about when you're looking back at something that happened to you as a child. But we've spoken about how you grew up in a, a narcissistic kind of environment Tell me about why you cried every single week when you were a child. So I used to go and stay with my grandparents every weekend because the fun part was we'd go to car boot sales and look for little treasures and she'd let me stay up late. We'd have crisps and chocolate and all things like that. But every Saturday morning before we would go, she would go out of her way to make me cry, whatever it was. I hadn't done anything, but whatever she needed to say to make me cry, she said it. And this was every weekend, but I knew what was coming after would be fun. So I just sort of went anyway. And um, this one Saturday, I can just remember sitting there. It was about seven. I, I had older me Teddy. I can remember looking down at it. And um, my nan was crouched down in front of me with her finger pointing in my face, like screaming at me. And me tears were all 
like hot and fat and just like dripping out my eyes and, and onto me teddy and my granddad's just bursting and he was like that's enough this stops now he's like every weekend you make a cry what's the matter with you you know you and just started they had a big row but he'd had enough of watching me be yeah. be the target every Saturday and it, when I wasn't there it was him so he knew and that's why he was always in the pub and was never at home and he used to get called everything but for me as a child like I was yeah because as a child you don't know why this is happening to you and, and we don't think as a child that other people have their own issues that might be being taken out on us we just see why is this happening you know at the time you obviously you can look back now and you can see things a bit more clearly but at the time what did you think was going on I just wanted her to love me. I loved her. She was like one of me. I don't know why looking back now, but she was one of my favorite humans. And I was just like, oh, I love going to my nans. And my mum and my dad used to be like, why do you like going to your nans? Because they knew what she was like, but they let me go because they thought I was happy. And it was only when I got older and I told them what was going on. My mum was like, if I'd have known that was going on, I would have never have let you go there. But I think I've always been an empath and I think I've always wanted to make people feel good and and help them. So because she was so angry all the time and so negative, the little bits of happiness and sunshine that would come out of her every now and again, I, you know, I wanted to help her bring that out by being the good girl and, yeah. you know, doing what she said and making her happy. But And now you're older, how has this changed what you do in life? I mean, I, I imagine you grew up a people pleaser, um, if that's how you were then. Yeah, massively. And I think I think that's it. And that affected me throughout my whole life. So I was born, I lived with my grandparents when I was born. My mum was a single parent who was also shamed by my nan when I was in her belly for being a single mother and bringing a bastard into the world and all this. So when I was born, I was born into that and my mum was there as well. So we were both our environment was walking on eggshells every day. You know, it was what she ran the house. If she wasn't happy. Nobody was happy. And if you were happy, she went out of her way to make sure you were unhappy very, very quickly because she didn't like anyone else being happy. But by the time I got to school, when I was four, I was like a shiny little bully beacon for all the bullies. They were like, there she is, soft touch. So they do anything. She'll do anything we want. Yeah. Been there. But that was the whole of my primary school. So it got to the point when I was about eight that no one in my class was my friend because of these bullies. And I had to play with other kids out of another class and I was teased for the way I looked and spoke and ate and laughed and whatever I did I couldn't you know me clothes anything that they could so that happened in primary school and then I fast forward to when I was 19 I met my first husband who was a narcissist because again we just attract them and why do you think that happens why do we attract people say I attract bullies over and over and over again why do you think we attract the same kind of people I think as I call myself an empath, but I think as when we've experienced that and we know we would never want to put anybody else through that, we have compassion and we have like a bigger heart in a way because we would never dream of making anyone feel the way that we felt because it just hurts so much. So when we see someone who has this strong persona, who's like, you know, a little bit hard on the outside. We want to try and sort of soften them. And often as well, the narcissists see our good nature and they're like, oh my God, you know, you're so beautiful. And I got showered with gifts and compliments and showed off to the whole world and everything. And then within six months, I called myself a butterfly in a box. I was just, I did everything to please him by then because he got me 
Like he, I just, I loved him so much because of how he'd made me feel. But then I was his sort of prisoner, so to speak. He, I alienated me from my best friends. And then eventually from my mum, who was like my bestest friend in the whole world. And she could see what was going on and she could see the situation that I was in. So she took a back step. And she just had to watch because she knew that by stepping in, it would make the situation worse because of how he was. And he was like, she said she paid for our mortgage or our deposit on our mortgage. And she's a liar. And he was calling me mum all these things. And I just had to like, if I didn't agree with him, I got it at home. And my mum was like, just you do what you need to do, love. And I'm here if you need me. But looking back now, that must have broke her heart because I know my little girl's eight. And I think... The moment that my life changed was seeing her come into the world. And I had two sons already and I adore them. Please don't think I don't adore <laughs> my daughter more than me. Favoritism thing. No, no, never. But when Daisy was born, I saw myself in her and there was this little girl that was coming into the world, brand new, shiny little person, didn't know anything. And I was like, no one is ever going to make you feel the way I felt. And it was like, taking her home and loving her and allowing her to be happy and smiling, wanting the good things for her and not wanting to make her feel like she wasn't good enough, you know, the way I'd felt my whole life. Sorry, I'm going to get upset. No, it's I'm, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> until I was like, I'd say, I don't think I knew what a boundary was until I was about 35. Yeah, and because you just, do you think it's just because you wanted to please everybody? Yeah, and I didn't know that that wasn't how it was supposed to be. I didn't know any different. And it was only when I found out about other people, like that they were doing the same and that what a narcissist, what's one of them? And I was when like, did oh. you hear about narcissism? Like when was it first introduced to you? Because I only heard about narcissistic abuse recently from one of yeah. my clients. So it was when I was about, I'd say about, it wasn't even that long ago. I think it was just after my mum died. I realised I didn't know the word narcissist, but I started seeing that like what happened to me wasn't supposed to have happened to me because that's not normal. When I was about 35 and I was in my second marriage, really, really happy, married my soulmate, Bessie mate, but all's good. But I was still running. I was still like hiding and self-medicating to put a plaster on all this pain that I'd carried throughout my life. Which Let's meant- talk about that. Let's talk about the self-medicating because there's lots of people doing that now because of how they're feeling in life. What were you actually doing? So I just want to say there's no shame. No, there isn't. Look back now. I had a little conversation with myself in the mirror this morning because I had a memory about something really, really painful and embarrassing. And I was like, oh my God, can't believe I did that. And I looked and I was like, it's okay. Yeah. Drunk. You did what you needed to do at the time. And that's fine. And I won't share on here what it was because it really is horrible. But what I was drinking every weekend which I'd done for years decades I'd done since I was about 15 I'd gone out I'd got drunk every weekend gone to clubs and that had just continued because being drunk gave me confidence and it gave me I didn't give two hoots about anything I could just be where I wanted to be I didn't care I was dead loud and you know got myself into some tricky situations as we all (laughs) but it helped me to shut off. It helped me to stop feeling the way I was feeling. So I think it was about 20 years of getting drunk. And then the party scene came along, which helped me even more to be able to open up because your inhibitions are released and, you know, you meet 
people who you think are your friends and you can share your soul with them. But what happens is come Monday morning, you're in a whole like world of you're having a pity party you've got beer fear you know if you've got kids which I eventually did have at the time I was still doing this every now and again and waking up on them and just feeling like oh my god I'm such a bad mother you know I'm so embarrassed and then the anxiety would peak through the week until about Thursday where it'd go away and then I would it would come back and I'd I'd have to start again on a Friday or I'd be looking forward to Friday so I could forget the week I'd had because I didn't have any coping mechanisms yeah does no one had taught you any no I didn't know anything any other way than if it was stressed out let's open a bottle that was it I've been through that when my kids were really young and I was almost single parenting at the time I used to start drinking first it was like six o'clock and then it became five o'clock and then it became four o'clock and it was only when it got to three o'clock that I was like right something has to change so what came into your life or what did you find out about that made you stop it was when it came into my life so my healing journey found me it started when Daisy was about one and it's all I'd known I wanted to make changes and I tried to make changes but as you probably know it's the circle of friends that you keep as well so we've got a bar this is where I'm sitting now <laughs> underneath our house we made the k-bar and we'd we'd have all everyone around every weekend so we didn't have to get babysitters and things like that so everyone was always here this was the place so trying to change was really hard because people were here but when Daisy was about told I um I found Reiki so one of the girls at school that I'd used to work with years ago bumped into her and she was running a Reiki course it was my birthday I didn't have a present didn't really know what it was I'd had Reiki when I was younger and it felt like a nice warm hug and I felt better after it like my mate's mum had done it when I was about 15 but didn't understand the principles behind it or how it how it would change my whole life so did my Reiki one attunement course and I remember sitting there am I allowed to swear I'm not allowed to swear am I (laughs) if you do we'll just put it you you can imagine the word I was sitting there as she was talking about how we're all connected and how we're all part of the universe and universal energy and I and I'd always been a little bit spiritually curious but I was like what is she talking about I was thinking she is bonkers like there's no way and I was sitting there you know when you want to put your tongue in your lower lip and go yeah <laughs> it's like she's gone so I was sitting there anyway did the two-day course and actually felt different at the end of it I was like all right and then part of your Reiki one is you do a 21 day Reiki cleanse which is Reiki believes that we're all connected which I fully believe now I'm a Reiki master now so I teach Reiki yeah but that we're all connected, we're all energy. It's actually scientifically proven as well that we are all connected in the quantum field. So, and the the energy comes through us from somewhere. So these 21 days, we place our hands on different parts of our body and we send ourselves universal energy. And it helps to unblock the energy centers in our body for any past trauma or any, any of our energy centers called chakras, which are blocked. So I won't go into all that, but I love talking about the facts and the fluff because a lot of people think woo is just like a load of fluff, but there's so much science behind it. It really is. Yeah, I think one of the biggest problems in the industry and the reason why I'm not spiritual at all is because it is presented in a very fluffy, almost like ridiculous way. It's only when you go a bit further into it and start looking at the science behind it that you can even think, you know, I'm, I'm like, 
two percent woo um <laughs> like really minimally but even that is only because of the way people explain it to me in a scientific way then I'm on board as soon as it's like you know you put you write something put it under your pillow and then you will get it because you've manifested it I'm out like I'm gone um but this is where I want to change it like I would love to get into corporates because you could so bring all the principles that I practice in my feminine energy guide program into business because there is science behind it all that I've, I've created something called the facts and the fluff because for people like you you know the, and I get it because I'm a bit of a geek and I like to know the science behind everything well how does that work well actually the law of attraction is you changing your frequency by raising your energy by getting excited about feeling something like what you do you do that all the time you go right what do I want next it's that and you have a clear vision of what you're going to get you put you know, inspired action in place to get it and you bring it towards yourself. Yeah, it's, it's the word frequency that <laughs> that has me going. I had looked into it and there are some beliefs on it where some things in it where I believe it's a belief system. Yeah. A bit like God. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think, you know, to some people it's like it's scientifically proven, to some people it's a belief system. But actually what I think matters more is that if it helps you, whether it's a belief system or not, doesn't actually matter. It's the result that matters. Totally. And if it makes you take action to get that result, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is, does it? No, it doesn't. No. So you felt, so you changed kind of because of this Reiki that you did, it kind of changed your whole perception on things. And you went then went down a path of adding spirituality into your life. And that changed everything about you and, and your life and what you were doing. Yeah. And so you now want to help others, I presume, to do the same, who are going through the similar kind of things that you were. Yeah, totally. So Reiki helped me to feel connected. It helped me to understand that we are all energy on whichever way you want to look at it. We're all connected and how by hearing or noticing how my body's feeling and whereabouts I'm feeling it in my body that I can go, okay, well, you know, my heart chakra is a little bit blocked today. I've got tightness in my chest. It feels like anxiety. My throat's a bit tight. Maybe I need to say something to someone. So by being able to look inwards and hear those and notice those different things, I can then help myself with like a spiritual toolkit instead of going and taking a propranolol like I would have, you know, 10 years ago and just popping all sorts of tablets that were going to calm me down, wake me up, do whatever. I was on all sorts of anxiety medication when I started my journey, even after Reiki. So after Reiki came yoga, I was having daily panic attacks still by this time, although Reiki had helped me to become aware and feel connected and all this. I was still doing the same things. I was still, it hadn't made me stop. I just felt like I was a bit more spiritually aware and I could understand people a bit more and, and my and myself. But yoga. I instantly fell in love with yoga and I believe that yoga helped me to get sober and I'll tell you why. So within about four weeks of starting, just doing yoga at home, 20 minutes a day, my panic attacks had stopped. I didn't realise they'd stopped. They just sort of did. And then I stopped taking the medication, which I didn't mean to do on purpose. And I'm not telling anyone to do that, but I didn't notice. And then I was, they fell out the cupboard one day and I was like, oh, and I was like, oh, wow, I haven't had a panic attack for a month. I haven't took any medication for three weeks. And, and I felt amazing. And so I 
decided to qualify as a yoga teacher. So I did my yoga teacher training because all the things that were helping me, I wanted to learn so that I could then help other people. So I did Reiki and then yoga, but yoga helped me to get sober because I was able to teach yoga on a Friday night, a Saturday morning and a Sunday. So you couldn't be hungover. No, I had work. So all this circle of friends that were going, come on, come on. I was like, oh, I can't. I've got work. And it was like, thank you to whoever sent me yoga because I just really believe that that helped me to say no. And then, and it wasn't easy at all because I really, really wanted to. But when I'd come in from my yoga class at half past nine on a Friday and like people were drinking in the house and I'd be like, too tired now. I felt like yoga helped me make more positive and what's the word like healthy choices because I felt good I didn't want to come in and have a vodka I wanted to come in and just get a bath and you know eat some blueberries maybe (laughs) (laughs) it completely changed you yeah okay which is I think is an amazing thing when you're going down a path in life and then that path changes because of something that happens to you and then that path helps you go and help others yeah so some questions for you if there's someone out there listening now and they think they're in a narcissistic kind of relationship or, or in a narcissistic environment, how will they know? I think the thing for me is noticing your language towards other people as well. So are you constantly saying sorry? Are you people pleasing all the time? And maybe sitting for a minute and asking yourself, what do I like? Like, if you don't know who you are or what you like, there's a very good chance that you are just doing everything for everybody else. You know, are you happy? It's a hard question to ask yourself. It really is because sometimes you don't want to know the answer because the answer, you know the answer deep down and this is why you're putting all this self-medication and all these tablets and whatever you're doing on top of it because the answer is screaming inside of you and it's hard to change and that's what puts a lot of people off because they don't know where to start or they don't know how or they don't know what and how can you help them if they know that they want to change and they come to you what do you do to help them I help them to become more self-aware so that they can make the right choices for themselves because you know there's only one you in the whole world. And I think it's so important to do the things that you love. Like me and you are com- like, you don't like the woo stuff. I live it and breathe it. And yeah, we're so different. Pee glitter every time I talk about it, but <laughs> that's me. So I want to bring that out in people as well. I want them to understand, you know, help them to heal. I've got the tools to help them to heal if they've been through similar situations that, you know, that I have. But also what do they love? Is it crocheting? Is it singing? Do they like dog walking? It can be absolutely anything. It doesn't need to be anything big. You don't need to. Making millions of pounds is amazing. It's on my vision board. (laughs) What I'm saying is big changes don't need to be big changes. They just need to feel big for you. Yeah. And when you feel happy, you create like a butterfly effect that helps everyone in your life, your house, your world, because you give off that, you know, that happy, sparkly energy then. and and You do. And there's nothing even woo about that. Like when we are happy, we make people happy. When we want to learn, we teach others. And that, you know, when we talk about energy, that's a part of energy that I massively believe in. Like we, how the kind of energy we give off definitely attracts certain people towards us. And I've seen a massive shift in my life because of my energy in the last few years. And, and, you know, going from nothing to 
the multimillionaire I am now has not come without energy being changed. Like it had to inside and out. So I, I think you're absolutely right in that. And if you could have like one goal for you and for your business, what would you want it to be? Just to be able to make people realize that they can change at any time. Like my catalyst was when I lost my mum, like my best friend, when my mum passed away to cancer three years ago now. And I remember standing next to her bed, looking at her and she was passed away. And I was like, how did that happen? And that moment was like, right, I am changing. I'm taking as many people with me as possible because if I can do it, they can do it. And I just want people to realise that change is hard. It feels, you know, it's scary. It makes you want to get in the cupboards, but it's always when you get that feeling of fear, fear shows up because it wants to keep you safe and small. When we can step through it and do it together, you know, you're not on your own. You can make changes. You just need to believe. And the first step. I love that. And so really it's about, you know, knowing that fear is there and being okay with fear, but not letting it overtake everything to stop you from changing. You know, we all need to change things about ourselves and and we all at certain points in our lives want to change and don't know how to do that. And I think it is about being more self-aware and knowing yourself a bit more and knowing how you respond to things as well. But no, that's amazing. Thank you for talking about all this today. I know that a lot of it is a bit more vulnerable for you talking about this kind of thing but if people want to come and they feel like they're in a position where they really want to change right now where can they find you so my website is nikkikinsella.com or i'm on facebook as the feminine energy guide we'll, we'll put those notes in the show notes as well so that you guys can go and find them the thing about nikki that i want all of you guys to know is that whatever you believe, she helps you without forcing her beliefs on you. I know this because I work with her. And so she'll get very excited. She she pees glitter constantly. <laughs> and she'll get very excited about helping you. And her her energy shines through. Like you see it constantly. Like she's like, if you want a ray of sunshine around, you invite Nikki. Oh, okay. <laughs> And yeah, and just being around that kind of person can help you in ways that you wouldn't know anyway. But yeah, we will leave it there. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you so much, Nikki, for being here and for talking about your experiences. And if anybody, you know, needs help with changing, please go and head out and find Nikki. And I will speak to you, Lisa. No worries. I will speak to you again next week. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.